0: Tigers are still in fourth spot, and we're back for another episode as we just keep riding this uh, wave of winds and emotion all the way through to the final series. Uh, we're officially locked into the top eight now, which is the good news. We can't drop out mathematically. Now it's just a matter of where do we finish within that uh, that top eight. But if we keep winning, fourth spot is ours. And uh, to talk about all that tonight plus more, we've got a, a first-time guest. Braj, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks, man.
1: Thanks for having me. No um, yeah. I'm just excited to be here. I should have clarified
0: <laughs> it before we actually went to where is it pronounced Braj? I just said it as, yeah, like, yeah. Said it as I read it. So...
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that works. Okay, <laughs> so I've had the
0: same issue with Tiasta, Tiasta, whatever you want to call him, so there's a few unique usernames. Yeah. As we usually ask most guests, how did you become a Tiger supporter?
1: Um, I think, like most Richmond supporters, I was kind of forced into it by my dad. So, yeah, a lot of the... Uh, late 80s early 90s was a fair bit of pain which continued into the early 2000s and yep. yeah it sort of wasn't until 2017 that it was like oh, thanks dad
0: <laughs> the funny thing I mean, is I'm... though i think the parents feel or felt that sense of relief as well because oh, shit we've signed him up to this uh, and it's yeah, not going yeah. too well <laughs> but yeah to get the I, flag I... yeah
1: yeah, I mean, definitely tongue in cheek. I guess it's um, I mean, there's definitely been times when it's been pretty um, shit house, but I think for the most part it's um, it's pretty good. You know, could definitely be worse teams.
0: <laughs> well, the last few years have paid off really well, so hopefully there's a <laughs> bit more success to come. Um, the grand final, 2017, were you there?
1: I wasn't. I was actually at Punt Road with my brother, um, but it was great. It was uh, a good sort of day, I suppose. I think we hung around for the Norm Smith um, presentation, like on the big screen. And I I think the first probably backyard that we walked down just near swan street was a house party so i was probably there for the next five hours
0: hey, um do you know the people whose house it was
1: no no <laughs> <laughs> at first they were charging us for beers and then i thought i think they thought we were with other people who were friends and we were just drinking for free so wow do as you do i suppose
0: <laughs> that, that's not surprising that something like that happened uh, oh, man was-
1: you just feel the love like it was um the summer of 69 all over again yeah.
0: <laughs> so was it just flooded with the richmond people or was it like an actual someone's oh, party yeah, totally.
1: you... yeah. like i think there was probably it was a few sort of neutral supporters but it was like the first time that a neutral supporter can be yeah, i'm just happy for richmond i'm happy they've done this yeah so yeah i don't think they'd say it any other time really no I,
0: no that's a fair call yeah. Uh, the atmosphere of punt road what was that like i mean it would have been jam-packed and i imagine it would have been just electric given that there was just all Richmond people there
1: oh it was great i mean it kind of gave you perspective of what it would be like watching um oh well actually it's insane that because i went to the uh, game the week before against the Giants and that was that was next level like in terms of atmosphere and it was probably like that just a bit different in terms of you're standing on punt road oval watching a massive tv um but yeah I think it was just really overwhelming like uh, when Butler kicked that goal I think it was a bit of a tear and <laughs> yeah whatnot but um yeah just uh Great day. <laughs> hopefully I'm we can. Up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hopefully we can do it
0: all again at some stage. Because yeah, that, what oh. a party that would have been.
1: Yeah, shit. Yeah, I've put away money already. Actually, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the, that's the tricky part, isn't it? Is actually trying to find the the coin mm. to do it. It's it's uh, not cheap. Like my wife's a Hawthorne supporter, and when they went through their successful patch, she would stupidly complained to me be like oh it's so expensive to keep going to finals year after year like, are you serious? <laughs> you're really <laughs> going to try and play it, that honey. card on me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah the wrong, the wrong uh, supporter to complain to about that but uh, yeah. uh, hopefully yep. we're getting a feedback now <laughs> uh, huge game on the weekend against Melbourne uh, did you get along to that one or did you watch it on TV? Uh, no, I ended up
1: watching on TV. Um, yeah, I mean, just pretty gutsy, hard fought. Um, I mean, to Melbourne's cre- credit, they probably stuck it to us a little bit early. But yeah. um, I think it was probably just the the good old Richmond grind as far as just really wear them down. And then it's sort of that halfway through the um, third quarter and just, you know, blitz them from there.
0: But, yeah, it's, an, it's an interesting game. Like there, You're right, early on, they were really good. I think a lot of us expected that. I mean, they haven't... I know they're second last, but they've uh, been in a lot of the games they've been playing, so it always felt like they weren't far off, and they've got a good enough midfield.
1: Yeah, I mean, just showing how prepared I am, they're pretty far down the ladder too. I mean, it's probably not reflective of how good of a team they really are. I mean, yeah. it's a bit of an, anom- uh, an anonymous... Uh, I'm I'm just going to skip that word, but it's a bit weird. that.
0: um, I'm not going to try and correct you either because I don't reckon I can say it too. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: It's it's a bit weird that you can have a team finish, what, top four and then not even sort of scrape into near the eight. Yeah, it is, yep. Uh, just yeah weird oh
0: well (laughs) what did you make of um dylan grimes getting tagged by jordan lewis i thought it was a really smart move by Melbourne, and to grimes credit i think he coped okay lewis obviously got a few goals but i I reckon this could be a tactic we might see a bit more going forward now
1: yeah and i mean it's probably um worked out so well because jordan lewis is such a smart footballer had it just been a tag i don't think it wouldn't it would have been as effective um but, yeah, he, I guess hes sort of just knows where to get into the right positions and just make you hurt on the, um, the rebound a little bit as far as just creating that space, leading to dangerous places. Yeah.
0: And what about the – I felt – that we I don't know whether we were unaccountable in the first half. I'm not sure if, if we should point the blame to the defenders. Maybe it was more we weren't applying enough pressure to their midfield, but it just felt like the Ds had a lot of space in their forward line in the first half, and they were able to capitalise. I mean, is that just a product of gone being a good Ruckman?
1: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, when you've got a Ruckman in sort of this day and age who's in the conversation for Brown loads, it probably needs to be respected as far as his output in the actual game. Um, Yeah, probably an accountability for the defenders. But, I mean, um, Blossom was smashing it.
0: His first quarter was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, uh, and that was really great to see, I think, just as far as um, almost that depth covering from Rance. It's kind of like the Moneyball thing of you don't really have to replace one player with another great player. It's just upping the output of everyone else to yeah. sort of cover it, yeah.
0: No, he was really good. Uh, one of my mates said he was going to put lost an into his super coach this week. I'm like, oh, yeah, he was all right. <laughs> I said, are you watching this game a quarter time? You'd be just absolutely laughing. Yeah, he was on fire. The marks he was taking. Um, yeah. It's just his courage and his ability to read the play. And I think all of our defenders have those attributes, which makes them so hard to score against.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's probably what has made this year. I mean, there was a little bit of doom and gloom at the start, but it's real honest to goodness, um, sort of positivity and, you know, flag chances kind of thing
0: without it. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. It's ridiculous how it's turned around. Uh, yeah, You mentioned, obviously, the first half, the Ds were looking all right. The second half, we obviously kicked off. I find it fascinating that when it started belting down rain is when we, we sort of rose and played our best football. I reckon yeah. without, I mean, we're obviously a Richmond show, so we can be biased if we want to, but we'd mm. have to be close to being the best wet-weather football side in the comp.
1: Yeah, and it's funny, um, sort of supporting a successful team now, after not having you know, followed a team that could just drop it at any moment. There's something about when the rain comes down, there's just the confidence grows within you as a Richmond supporter. It's because so, you yeah, it usually should do this.
0: the opposite. Like Usually you think, oh, shit, our skill level's going to go to crap. We get, the other team's going to get back in the game. And and that, for all intents and purposes, is what happens. But for some reason, our guys seem to go to an, another level. And it's the tall dudes as well. Like You look at the yeah. goal that Soldo got... Uh, Lynch is pretty clean for a big guy when it's wet. It's just ridiculous what they can do. Big time. And I
1: mean, probably to Lynch's credit, because that was a little bit of a knock against him as far as what can he do below his knees. And yeah, I mean, he's fit into the system well where that kind of attribute uh is really needed as far as just maintaining the chaos ball um to your favour.
0: Yeah. No, he does a sensational job. Um. Basher Hawley's game, I mean, given the conditions to get 32 touches, 81% efficiency, he's, I've said it before, but I reckon he's having almost his best season.
1: Yeah, he, all year he's been killing it. And, I mean, probably truth be told, he's um, been killing it earlier. It's just that, you know, the likes of Dusty, Koch, Rance, Jack, take a little bit of the limelight. And I think um, he's he's really sort of stepped up as uh, that... Positive offensive um, player from the halfback that is just ruthless though. Like with ball in hand, it's very rare that it's coming back the other way, um, which is great because I mean, watching Brandon Alice <laughs> do Brandon Alice things sometimes, it's yeah. um, it's sort of nice to see. Yeah, the beard with the uh, ball in hand, <laughs>
0: and, and it's also how hard he works. Like he, when they, I like it when they do the camera shot from behind the goal. From a kick out, like you just see that short pass, and the work rate he puts in to get to get to the next position to receive the ball again to set up the oh. attack, it's no wonder he ends up with thirty disposals.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's um, it's funny too. I also thought just from that back six group, Asprey just seems to be growing in confidence with ball in hand, or maybe it's just my own confidence watching him as far as, yeah, he's going to do something sort of half-decent. And it's, yeah, not going to be just sort of garbage uh, sideways handball or whatever. He will actually go out of his way to draw a defender and move it on.
0: The good thing with him, though, is... He plays within his limitations. Like, he isn't the guy who'll try and take on that 45-degree kick. He'll do that switch kick, get it to the guy in space for them to do the damaging pass. So when they're playing smart like that, you don't mind how much of the ball they get. But you're right. Asprey's sort of taking upwards of, you know, five, six, seven marks on a weekly basis now in the back half. And just yep. sort of, yeah, being a real general and setting it all up.
1: Yeah, big time. I mean, there's... um. <sighs> There's not much we can really knock in the defence, I think. I mean, um, Baker's role is probably up for spots, um, up for grabs, sorry, um, as far as whether or not he fits into that defensive mm. back as a half-back. But, yeah, other than that, I mean, they're just flawless, really.
0: Yeah, and yeah, like you said earlier, to be able to cover... Rance, like no one in their right mind could ever replace Rance with another Rance, it just doesn't happen, doesn't matter what team you are, but for everyone just to work it out and fill that void has been really good, so Mm -hmm. on the flip side of that though, say hypothetically if Rance somehow makes his miraculous comeback, do you think that that could then upset what the guys have now managed to forge in the way of a a new relationship down back? Yeah, and I mean that, look, that would probably be
1: um, where a lot of apprehension sort of comes around as far as whether you play rants or not, obviously outside of the re-injury risk and whatnot. But, I mean, the fact is that they've been playing with rants together for like three or four years, and it's just that we're seeing this chemis- chemistry without rants. So, I mean, whether it happens in round 23, week one of the finals, or round one next year... It's it's something that you know they'll have to adjust to, I suppose. And I don't I don't think it'll be such a huge adjustment as getting a whole entirely new all Australian defender in. Yeah. It'll just be sort of a little bit of um, shifting, I suppose, as far as who does what.
0: And there's been a bit of speculation on social media. Um, I think it was Tony Sheen put out a tweet that. The rumor he's hearing is that Rance was <laughs> contemplating retiring at the end of the year. Um, and yeah. a, I think a big footy post on the Hawthorne board, who has typically had good mail in the past, had heard the same thing. I, I think there's something in it. Um, I know a lot of people yeah. say, oh, why would you do all this rehab if you're going to just retire? But I get that point. But it actually also works the other way because maybe he has realized, okay, maybe they don't need me as much as I think they did. Mm. maybe he's got yeah more hesitation, wants to travel, do what he wants to do, and this could be his one last chance. But it's risky, yeah. and look, we'll, we'll ultimately find out at the end of the year, I suppose, but, and I hope he plays on. But it's definitely an interesting thing that Tony threw out there.
1: Yeah, and I think it's probably carries more weight just with what has happened with Rance in the past, as far as he's almost retired before. So, yeah. I mean, it's... It, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that is what happened. And I guess all this rehab is just to try and get back for one last tilde to flag before he hangs up the boots. But yeah, I mean, it'd be a shame to lose him. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> it would be. But I think, I mean, he's going to retire at some stage, whether it's now, oh. in two years, whatever it might be. At yeah. least as supporters and as a club, we've seen that we can cope with life without rants. I think that was a really important thing for us to be able to see and understand.
1: Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, I, I guess it definitely has helped. And I mean, geez, we've seen the team in sort of many different forms this year. I mean, that game uh, earlier against Port Adelaide, where it was pretty much just um, Tom Lynch <laughs> putting yeah. Richmond on his back. It's, um, it does fill you with confidence as far as even if a player is having an off day, they can probably be covered by someone else's output on the ground.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, the number four, Dusty Martin, he's starting to hit some form again.
1: Oh, killing it. Killing it. What? I really want to know what boots he's wearing now because... That the, is the big question. Yeah, he is smashing it. Um, And, I mean, it kind of... Was it all shoe-related earlier? Or, or, or I don't know. Really...
0: Maybe it just really affected him that he just wasn't happy and, yeah, he's dropped off accordingly. <laughs> it's quite strange. But uh, I think a lot of people would argue he's back into... His two thousand and seventeen form,
1: yeah, definitely, and, and yeah, he just looks dangerous again with ball in hand. That old, you know, wheel out and just uh, move it on as fast as possible. God, it just the kicking. It's um, it's a work of art, really. <laughs> Some he, of the kicks that he can pull off,
0: and he looks confident again. I know that sounds strange, given the type of person he is, but earlier on, it just seemed he was a bit more in his shell, wasn't prepared to take those risks. But now he just he's like, come at I me. Mean,
1: Dare I say it,
0: he looked
1: like a normal player, and that's probably, um, I guess, where so many people were hung up as far as you couldn't really get the boot stuck into him, because it's not like he was playing shit. Yeah. It's just that he wasn't um, at the dusty level that we're probably used to.
0: Yeah, he's a victim of his own good form sometimes, unfortunately, but yeah, luckily for yeah. us, he's hitting that form again. Um no, number three, Dion Prestia. What a year he's having! Thirty-one disposals at seventy-seven percent, eleven contested possessions, six marks. And he's one of our cleanest players when the when it's a wet condition day. Um, he's he's really cleaned up his kicking. I reckon. I know some of his shots at goal can be a bit wayward, but he's starting yeah. to become more damaging and more influential on games now. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, yeah, and I mean, whether that's um sort of just I guess his own sort of developmental thing or he's just kind of worked his way into our system and it's just taken a little bit longer than usual I'm not too sure but I mean the meatball is um he's unreal mate <laughs> he's uh, really good probably I was even having this chat with dad probably 2 weeks ago he's nearly up there as our most important midfielder outside of um
0: Martin I agree and I mean you would remember when we made the trade all the sort of speculation and criticism around giving away pick 6 but I think yep. he was a big part in helping deliver the flag, number one, and then number two, to see what he's done this year. I think we can sort of now say it was fairly justified.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd definitely do it again, knowing what I know now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess it's... Um, whether it was also sort of a contributing factor to getting Lynch and Caddy and all the rest of it, who knows? But
0: I, I guess think it, so. I think so. I yeah. think it'd be naive to think that it didn't play a part.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I it's um, it's probably more just on the output as like a footballer, unreal, totally. And I think everything else off field, as far as yep, get the mates into the club, like who can fucking kill it at football. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's just extra points in my book. <laughs>
0: no, he's doing. He's had a pretty good job. I reckon he's almost a shoe in for the Jack Dyer Medal at this stage.
1: Yeah. Right. Jeez. Yeah.
0: But yeah, there's a been a role. lot of a lot of other players who've had a good year as well. But the other thing, I mean, he's played every game, so that's he's one of like two or three players for us this year who have done that. So he's obviously oh, got that in his favour.
1: I mean, long gone is the uh, Prestia laid out joke. Uh, uh, it still <laughs> lives
0: on the board. It's still, it, <laughs> sometimes I feel like it's in hope, which I don't like. But yeah, yeah.
1: But I guess he's probably, um, his form has probably um, stuck it to that a little bit. Yeah. Um, as far as we would genuinely miss him now if it was a laydown. Oh,
0: absolutely. And the last one I want to talk about quickly is Shane Edwards. We'll probably mention him a little bit again later on, but he yep. was out of form maybe a couple of weeks ago. But I thought his game on the weekend was brilliant. 31 disposed, 11 contested possessions. But he was back to his slick handballing self. And just the way he opens up the game for us um, is so dangerous.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's funny, like, um, probably a few years ago, I wasn't such a hardcore, rusted-on fan in terms of, like, I'd watch Richmond games and just leave it at that, and was probably one of those people who was guilty of not really understanding the importance of Shane Edwards, just because his screen time in a game, if you will, is so limited as far as he'll just be correcting the ball and passing it on, but putting it on an, a literal silver platter for the next bloke. And I think now that that's understood and he's sort of getting the accolades he really deserves now, um, it's, it's great to see, to be honest. Um,
0: I, th- I think a lot of that was more that his teammates didn't weren't able to get on the same page as him. They didn't understand how he could see the game so quickly and he was thinking too far ahead from everyone else. But now they've all caught up. Everyone, from a Richmond perspective, they know where he's going to put the ball and what kind of space they can get into, and he'll give it to them. And, yeah, he's just unbelievable to watch.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, it's probably this fast ball movement and attack at all costs kind of thing is really conducive to the Shane Edwards type of game.
0: Yeah. No, it fits him well. Before we uh, move on to the game for this week... Wanna do the three things you learnt from round twenty. It doesn't have to be Richmond related, but uh, did you have three things there that you that you'd learn over the weekend?
1: Oh Jesus. Um <laughs> Um God damn. i I'll, throw, I'll the...
0: throw one out first. Yeah, go on. Had, <laughs> no one has scored over seventy points against us since we come back from the bye, and I reckon that's a great sign. And I know we haven't played world beating teams, but you st- to still have the ability to keep teams under 70 points in this day and age, I think, is a really good thing to have heading towards finals.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, um, OK, this is one... It's a bit negative, negative, but and I'm not certainly not proud of this. Um, I think at the end of last year, I probably threw a little bit of a, um, a post out about the fact that we should look to move on Dan Butler, and I think that's probably come about face now, as in yeah. that is probably the reality, um, which is sad, really, because, you know, he's part of, part of that Premiership group, but I just don't think he has a spot in the forward line anymore, not with, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, I mean, even on the weekend, I, I don't know, I've just always felt like he looks complacent in games, like there's not a lot of urgency, uh, He got, a, I think he got three or four tackles, which was good, but offensively, I just feel like he hasn't offered anything near what the other guys have.
1: Yeah, and I mean, but it's sad because he did offer that once upon a time ago. Yeah. It's not like this has always been Dan Butler's game. It's um, It just feels like it's just the worst form slump in history that he can't really shake. And, I mean, maybe another team is really what he needs. And, you know, if that's what's going to benefit both parties, then it should definitely be explored, I think.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good call. Mm. Uh, the second one I've got here is that Geelong are in real danger of missing the top four if they lose to North this week. Uh, they started out, what, 11-1 and one or 11-2, and two, whatever it might have been. But they looked a bit shaky. And if they yeah, drop this week, Brisbane up in Brisbane is not an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. So they're a good chance to drop that. And then I think they got Carlton in the last round. And um, they're not going to be easy beats with their sort of newfound form. So I think the Cats really could be in a bit of trouble here
1: yeah yeah definitely and i mean to be honest i kind of take a bit of joy in that because i'm not real crazy about geelong <laughs> um living in geelong too so um, oh. i'm kind of i'm living it at the
0: moment <laughs> we should get you and grokodok on for an episode one time that'd be good for a laugh you both live down in geelong that'd be good <laughs>
1: yeah sweet <laughs> we can both get the cryo banter on yeah uh, <laughs> um oh, Something that I've learnt from here. Jeez, man, I really should have had a look at these beforehand. Um, I guess this probably lends itself to the game that we're playing this week, but I don't think Carlton are the same old write-offs that they've always been for, well, always been, I mean probably the last four, five years, basically when they've just been under Bolton. Um, Geez, it just goes to show what a change of culture and with a new coach really brings to a list that you thought was probably pretty bog average, to be honest, um, outside of Crips.
0: Yeah, they've done a really good job the way they've turned it around, and I suppose from the outside looking in, you think, okay, when does the honeymoon period finish? But they've they've kept going on, and they've played some lower-ranked teams as well, but they've still beaten them, and they were typically games they would lose. So the turnaround's been good, and I mean, I think Carlton need to look at Teague as the full-time coach, but I'd, from all reports, it sounds like they're not going to.
1: mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um yeah. It's it's going to be interesting. I'm um was probably all hot air a couple of weeks ago, um even with the new coach, but now it's sort of getting closer. Um there's a sort of there's a chance we can probably drop this to be honest. Yeah, it,
0: yeah, it's very much a real thing in play, like yeah. You just can't take them for granted anymore like you said. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the third thing I learnt this week is West Coast, for me, is still the team to beat. I, I know the Victorian media probably gets behind us a little bit more in recent times, but when you look at the Eagles and the, their plays that got all over the park, they just still seem like the flag favourite to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. And, I mean, it's um, it's probably the team that we really want to put a, a hurt on as far as just a regular season sort of loss. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll probably see that, what, in two weeks?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's actually a really good thing, I think, that we get to see it just before finals, just on the off chance we run into them at some point in the finals. So yeah. at least we get a bit of a look at it and see what we're, see what we're in for.
1: I mean, uh, there is a part of me that is kind of thankful that we're meeting them sort of towards the back end but in the regular season because ultimately if we lose, it doesn't mean as much as if we drop it in September.
0: (laughs) True. Well, I mean, it it could though because if we (laughs) drop it, we might not finish fourth because GWS are going to mow us down pretty quickly, I imagine. So yeah, still a lot on the line, but yeah, that's going to be a fascinating game. But um, still got to get through this game first, I guess. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it.
0: And then the other big news this week, well, yesterday really, was Blake Karaselov is going to finish up at the end of this season to take up an assistant role at Essendon, uh, despite having a year to run on his contract with us. Now, I mean, Blake was a huge part, from what I can gather, to why we're playing the way we're playing now with that attacking brand of football. And I think he played a Hmm. big part in the 2017 flag, no doubt. So I find this move a little bit strange in the sense that, one, we released him from his contract if he's just going to another assistant role, I mean, usually that's kind of reserved yeah. for if you're going to a head coach role. Um, but the side thought to that might be he might have been told that maybe uh, Warsfold is on the way out and it's going to be his. So you can kind of see that angle as well. But yeah, it's, Which uh... is odd.
1: I think that in itself is odd, though, as far as just the timing. Because I mean, isn't that just sending a message to Warsfold as far as.
0: You wouldn't feel safe, would you, if you're Warsfold? Nah you would be like, oh, yeah. okay, so this guy's coming in, he's a highly touted new coach, and uh, yeah. <laughs> here we are. But yeah, I mean, I, I really respect what Blake's done for us, he was huge for us, and I wish him all the best. But yeah, I, I just find it a, a really interesting set of circumstances, given that I know that usually if assistants are out of contract, that has to be announced to them if they're going to have another job or not, so they have time to find a new club. But yeah, just the fact that he was still contracted that I find really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think there's, obviously without knowing too much, there's um, there's, there feels like there's just more factors to this than assistant coach who wants to go at head coach. Um, I mean, it's, it's probably something that he could have explored at the end of his contract next year. But... In saying that, I think the opportunity to perhaps coach one of the big Victorian clubs, because, I mean, he's not going to be coaching Richmond anytime soon, let's be honest. Um, And, I mean, Collingwood probably not, Carlton, I doubt it. So Essendon's probably the next shot at, like, one of those bigger clubs. Um, Yeah, good luck to him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And what about a replacement in terms of us? I mean the the Damien Hardwick press conference the week that uh, Brendan Bolton got sacked he, he basically said that he could walk into a job at the club tomorrow if he wanted it and that seems like an obvious choice based on that but do you think we'd speak to someone like Bolton or would you go after like a Voss or someone more experienced? yeah i mean from all basically like because
1: i had a bit of a dig around in the thread this afternoon um i really like the idea of getting grigger on board to be honest um provided he's sort of got the um right attributes that we're looking for and i mean obviously it's probably going to be a little bit of nurturing before he's up to um full flight as far as assistant coaching and whatnot but um yeah I'm probably more in the ballpark of getting someone young that we can you know get the um, good coaching into (laughs) Um, but I don't know is there anyone else as good as Carousel is probably the question
0: it really depends on what they're trying to do are they trying to get someone else in to look at the the ball movement part of our game or do they think we've got that under control now that someone else can do that and they then look at replacing a different part so it'd be interesting to see which way they go but like for like, I'm not too sure anyone's going to have that same tactical now. So, I mean, I mean that I'm aware of anyway. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I mean, having said that though, the clubs had an extraordinary um, run at getting the right coaches in in the right spots. So we'll obviously 100% back them in. But yeah, it be yeah. interesting to see what path we go down.
1: I think. Um, I mean, we all know that the decision is in pretty good hands as far as Neil Balm's yeah. concerned. Um, I mean, the fact that probably Carousella has um, followed Barmy around to a couple of different teams is um, probably good. But, I mean, is that also worrying as far as he's getting let go now? Um, Yeah. Who who knows? Yeah,
0: the will be good to play (laughs) out. But um, anyway, yeah, we obviously wish Blake all the best and thank you for his hard work. And obviously he's seeing out the rest of the season, but it's going to be interesting to see if that actually eventuates, given we could actually face Essendon in a final, which would be a little bit ironic and interesting. But. Mm. It is what it is, I'm sure. I mean, they're all very yeah. professional these days, so I don't think there's too much we can do about it. But what I'm like. Yeah, totally. Oh, a big game coming up this week against the Blues. You mentioned it before that, I mean, there is the very real chance they could knock us off. Um, it's a must win game for us as has every other game been for the last six weeks to stay in the top four and it's also the Alana Madeline game as well so make sure when you're at the game everyone to support the foundation you can even jump on the Tigers website and buy some merchandise and uh, all the proceeds go back to the foundation as well so make sure you do that and it's also Shane Edwards 250th game I mean we spoke about him before but that's a fantastic achievement isn't it for him and early days when he was younger you kind of weren't sure if he was going to make it or not just I mean we weren't a good side as a whole I guess but yeah, it was kind yeah. of hard to see how he would fit in being such a skinny little guy but he's made a good career for himself
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think like we touched on before, as far as he's probably one of those blokes that really um, personifies the system that we play under now, as far as just a great attack. And I mean, some of it is just almost verging on Globetrotter kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, Mm. But yeah, I mean, power to him. 250
0: unreal <laughs> and even the games he played this year as captain i thought he was sensational there was a lot of calls just to let him keep going on with the job
1: yeah yeah totally totally and i mean totally justified too and it's probably he didn't look out of place in the back six either i thought
0: no that was a bit of a masterstroke and it's good to have that up our sleeve um, if we do need to change things up a bit it's just a bit of a wild card
1: yeah, and I mean he's he's one of probably a hundred. I realise that's not the list size, but there, there's so many vers- so many versatile players on the list that I guess from a strategic opposition strategy point of view, it must be hard in terms of uh, yeah we're showing up against Richmond this week. You know where where does Stack play? Where does um, Titch play? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah the planning wise, that's a good point actually. Mm. now the Blues come off a, a 24 point loss to the Eagles, uh, I watched most of that game and the Blues looked really good in, in large parts of that game Not definitely not yeah. the same old Carlton like we spoke about earlier, they just seem to be playing a lot more freedom now and the players are playing in better positions, they're enjoying their footy, I, I think it's, I don't think it's going to be a pushover at all. I, I think with their midfield, with Cripps, uh, I know we give Walsh a bit of stick about the Nab Rising Star stuff, but he's a good player. Uh, Mark yes. Murphy back in the middle is doing good. Uh, Kerno, they've got some good ball winners in there.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's probably also the players that are surrounding them. I mean, Petrovsky-Seaton off half-back, he's actually looking all right. Nick Newman, four goals, uh, started off half-back. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Um, it's Pretty crazy. I mean, obviously, you don't look at the list and you're not really blown away with the um, the names, but I mean, on their day, they can definitely probably get a um, decent score going and definitely challenge us.
0: The Nick New think... one was interesting. Those four goals he got, they were Jaden Short specials, just running around the back. You know, when <laughs> yeah. someone's marked at sixty out, and I'm like, why haven't West Coast cottoned onto it? So I'm sure the boys have watched the tapes and they're going to cotton onto that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, even if Shorty wants to give it a crack himself again, that'd be great. It's been a while since he's um, dropped one of those. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, it has been, hasn't it? That, yeah. didn't, didn't he get like two or three in one game against Collingwood or something and then... yeah, Back-to-back back, back yeah. back
1: possessions. Like, it was crazy.
0: <laughs> but uh, the, the main part of the game I think Carlton might struggle with is their backline on our forwards. I feel yep. like that might be their weakest part of the ground. Cade Simpson mm. down there is obviously the the older head, but... I don't know whether he's gonna be able to keep up with some of the quickness of our small fords and Weedering I I pray that Weedering goes to Lynch. I think that would be just the biggest win for us. Um I I don't rate we, Weedering that highly. Uh he's Yeah. He's okay as a, really. as a third up kind of defender, but in a one on one situation against someone of Lynch's size, I, I think that's gonna be the matchup we have to try and exploit.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of weird now, like, just having such a great um, forward structure for totally alien reasons than what we sort of recognised in 2017 as far as the tall versus small now. Um, but, yeah, I think our forward line is just too many headaches for Carlton. And probably, I think the Richmond grind is um, probably going to see Carlton, I guess, out of their legs by um, halfway through the third quarter again, but you know, who knows? I mean, <laughs> it could definitely get to that point where we're losing at halftime, and that grind doesn't really take over at all.
0: <laughs> and that's what you don't want. You don't want to give them confidence or a sniff because yeah, they'll, yep. they'll grab it with both with both hands. And I mean, West Coast kind of looked like they only played well in very small patches, but when they did, they were able to put a lot of goals on very quickly and if we can apply that same kind of pressure, and I feel like we do it for longer than most teams, um, yep. then we should be. I mean, we, we know we're going to get the inside 50s. It's just what we do kind of thing with the way we play the game. So it's just a matter of conversion, I guess. I mean, that's been our biggest issue last week. Ridiculous amount of behinds. I know it was wet, but if yeah. we can apply early scoreboard pressure, I think that's going to be key to kind of breaking them.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, just um, get in there and smash them. <laughs> pretty easy, isn't it? <laughs>
0: Sounds easy, yeah. Hopefully they can just yeah, go out there and do that and everyone will be happy. <laughs> what about some I'm, possible I'm happy changes? to
1: fill in for um, Carousel. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. What's the game plan, guys? Just go out there and smash them, all right? Just get the job done and everyone's happy. I feel like that's what Brendan Bolton only had to say to the, Carlton team, uh, the Hawthorne team when he took over from Clarkson. He wouldn't have to, had, to, had to have said much. Just go and play <laughs> your game and get the okay. job done, fellas.
1: Well, I mean, it's probably been shown, you know, and then what?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Now, we've got a few selection issues coming up in a good way for once instead of thinking, shit, who are we going to bring in next? Uh, Nankervis has obviously played another game in the VFL. He's done, what, two or three weeks there now. I reckon this is the game he comes in. I was really more than happy for him to not play last week. I thought Soldo matched up better on Gorn than what Nank would. Um, So on the assumption that Nankervis comes back in... Who are you dropping, Soldo or Troll?
1: Oh, God, it is such a hard question. And, um, yeah, I mean, I was racking my brain a bit about this um, this afternoon because a Troll really offers so much around the ground and Soldo is just a, so rock solid in one position, and that's as a ruckman, yeah. Um so I guess it's it's really about what you're after. Because, I mean, in terms of Nat Curvis is greater ground, around the ground, so he can probably cover what Soldo's lacking. But with Chole in the side, we've got, you know, no deficiency around the ground. So, oh God, how, how do you sort of put it from there?
0: I don't know. I mean, do you, are we going to maybe try one combination this week and then the other combination the following weeks? I mean, I think they've got to have a look at both, to be honest.
1: Yeah, it, it, yeah, it probably is worth... Um, experimenting. I mean, if that was probably the mindset, I'd be keen to have a look at what um, Nankervis and Soldo in the same team looks like. Jeez, it's tall, though. And, like, it's it's a little bit uncomfortable with, I guess, what we've sort of got used to over the last two years, three years in terms yeah. of the Richmond lineup.
0: Because <laughs> at least, like, I suppose, the argument for Troll is he's still pretty quick. So even though he's tall and can ruck, he's just as quick as a wingman, so we don't really lose that pace there, but with the Soldo and Nank combination, we do lose a bit of that pace around the ground, but we probably gained a bit more dominance in the actual ruck area, because Soldo's a better tap ruckman than all three of all, all them, really.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's... Probably um, more about the matchup on um, Carlton than anything else. And I mean, who have they got taken back up Ruck duties these uh, days? They've got
0: Phillips at the moment, but there's been a lot of talk on the Carlton board that Cruiser might be okay to come back in. Mm,
1: yeah, right. I mean, if Cruiser gets up, it'd probably be worth playing Soldo, but otherwise I'd just um, get keep Joel.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, we mentioned him before, but Dan Butler, I'm going to make a, an assumption he's probably going to get omitted this week uh i just don't yeah. think he, he offered enough for the team who who would you bring in i mean mcintosh has played um not necessarily not as a forward but I, I thought we could maybe bring in mcintosh and put ba- uh, baker back to the forward line because he looks a lot more comfortable there
1: yeah definitely um
0: yeah i mean or that's... stack that's the other one if he's right to go then yeah that creates another headache
1: yeah totally um geez i mean if stack's fit, he'll get straight in. But um, I wouldn't mind seeing McIntosh come in. Just I actually am a fan of Macca. So am oh
0: I. I reckon he's in our best 22 for sure.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, it's probably just on effort. Um, it's a little bit of the, the Stephen Morris thing as far as just trying your all, but he's got a few more tricks in the bag. Um, yeah. yeah, so it'd, it'd be great to see Camden come in. Um, yeah, and maybe just give Stack another week. I mean, I don't want to sort of put too much shit out there but it's only Carlton.
0: <laughs> and, and what about the the million dollar question? Do we roll the dice on Pickett? He's played one game in the VFL, 20 disposed <laughs> on the goal, and our, our VFL for had the most views and comments I've seen in years because of him playing. He looked yeah. good, I'll give him that. And you that, know, yeah. The mid-season draft, it's like did we bring him in specifically to try and target this back end of the season and maybe do a bit of a Jack Graham or a Jacob Townsend and have an impact in font. I'm not too sure what their mindset was, but do you roll the dice at some point with him and see what he's got?
1: I guess I'll put this in two ways. Before I watched the highlights video, I would have said, no, absolutely not. So that's probably speaking from logic and sense. After I watched the video, 100% bring him in. (laughs) 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 He looks... Um, he's got, I guess, just that um, confidence with ball in hand that he's not sort of, you know, the rabbit in headlights kind of thing. So, I don't know. I wouldn't bemoan the club if they did bring him in this week. Um, and it's probably what sort of games have we got left, actually, to so got, really...
0: Yeah, we've well, got Carlton, West Coast and Brisbane.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, this is, if you were going to do the experiment this is the week that you probably give it a shot Um,
0: I I think so too but yeah it'd be a ballsy call but I I wouldn't be against it given what I saw as well but I know a few people have thrown up the possibility like is it a slap in the face to other guys who have you know done the hard yards in the VFL but end of the day the guy's got talent Um, he's a mature player it's not like he's a young kid coming through
1: yeah, totally. And, I mean, unfortunately, there are just some qualities in footballers that can't be taught or can't be um, yeah. maintained through form through the BFL. It's just he's got it, I suppose. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I'll take a look at some key matchups. ups uh, David Asprey versus Harry McKay. Big Harry was good last week. He's starting to clunk a few grabs. Um, and I think Asprey will be the man who will go to him when he's playing deep in the forward line. But if Harry gets on his bike up the ground, I'm not too fussed to be marks at, up or on the wing. I don't think as a, as a team we are either, to be honest. But I think he's going yeah. to be an important one to stop to make sure they don't kick a big score.
1: Yeah, and I think the the Richmond defenders will be mindful of the fact. I think he's top five in contested marks in the league at the moment, which um, certainly surprised me when I saw it. Um so yeah, hopefully, I guess he does get a little bit of attention. But you know, as you say, if he's sort of drifting up the ground a bit more, then it's probably not as dangerous as the uh, Aaron Norton nightmare that we lived oh. through.
0: <laughs> the as I, I think I, I can't remember where I posted it, but he he shape shifted into Wayne Carey that night, and I don't want to see it happen oh, again. That was crazy. I, I
1: was I was at that game, and I think I was probably three. Rose from the um, ground from the fence, and my god, just the space like that opened before him, <laughs> it was,
0: yeah, insane! Yeah, um, it was Mason Cox prelim final all over again.
1: <laughs> I know, I mean, I, I'm not so dirty about this because you know, that wasn't um Aaron Norton's first game of AFL as shown by Mason Cox, yeah, um. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, yeah, we definitely need to probably keep an eye on McKay. Um, yeah. and I think Asprey is probably in good, like red hot form. So he'll be able to sort of do the job for sure. Yeah,
0: but like always, I mean, as we all know, it's going to be a team defensive unit effort. But I mean, someone's got to obviously mark him and I think Asprey will be the man. Um, this next one might seem a little bit odd on the surface, but Dustin Martin versus Jack Silvani. Now I'm yep. not Silvani's biggest fan by any stretch. I I yeah, I'm i I'm shocked he still gets a game to be honest. But his totally. new role of tagging, he's actually been okay at to be fair. He did he just had no idea he was a backman or a forward. But as a shutdown player, I think he does an okay job and I reckon they might send him to Dusty.
1: Yeah, and I think we've probably seen that Dusty struggles with that a bit. So that's <sighs> That is probably going to be a little bit of a concern. I guess the flip side to that is we don't need Dusty to play well to win a game. That's Um, true,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, it definitely helps, but yeah... Who knows? I mean, it's a, it's a little bit of sort of rating Jack Silvani on what we've seen in the past when he's tried to fit in a forward and defensive structure. So you kind of really don't rate him as a footballer. But yeah, you're right. He's um He did the job on Fife. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, he
0: he's, yeah, he's he has actually bad. impressed doing that. He's got a good tank. And I think he's better at that role because the good plays are actually leading him to the ball. So he doesn't have to worry about trying to find it himself. Um Mm. So I think he will get stuck into Dusty and hopefully we can sort of fly the flag and try and break that tag up a little bit. Uh, from Are you other... saying that we should go out and smash him? No, <laughs> the player that comes to mind actually, Caddy's the kind of bloke I reckon that can really interrupt the tag just by niggling, shoving, just getting his body in the way and I think he's a bit of a The Enforcer type.
1: He's got, He's definitely got the, um, the campaigner streak through him. Oh, the arrogance
0: um, is high. I love it.
1: Yeah, um, I, I'm actually surprised to see that Lynch plays with such aggression. Like Yeah. Yep. Watching watching him off the ball at the ground, he is constantly getting thrown around by the defender, throwing his direct opponent around or sort of having words, it's um
0: it's, it's really good, it's uh, a nice change.
1: It, it is, and I mean, but it's just probably disarming as far as he—you've got this what six five six six baby face forward yeah. who <laughs> is absolutely just a prick, and it's great.
0: And the person who be standing there <laughs> pissing himself, laughing the most, would be Jack Reebel. He's like, "I don't have to do anything; he can just ragdoll <laughs> everyone. I'll just hang out the back here and get a sneaky mark."
1: Yeah, God, I um, it's crazy, like. Before Jack came in, I think um, I was sort of prepping myself for, you know, Jack's going to really explode here. But Tom Lynch has, just, Lynch has just gotten so much better.
0: Yeah, it's crazy how good he's getting. And I think he's going to step up in September. He just seems like that kind of guy who wants that moment.
1: Yeah, yeah, big time. And I mean, it's um, he's sort of had to wait a long time as far as really struggling out of bloody portables in Queensland. Yeah. Um, to you know here i mean he's going to get to experience a fair few sort of people watching him play live um especially in the next coming weeks
0: absolutely i think yeah he's made for it he'll be fine
1: yeah yeah
0: and the uh, the last matchup obviously patrick cripps is a, a gun footballer um unfortunately yep. stuck at a shit club we'll, we'll have him anytime he wants to come across <laughs> uh, I, I think jack graham's done a super job the last few weeks not necessarily as a Shut down tagger, but more of a minder, I suppose, of the opposition best play around stoppages. Just the ability to make sure they don't get clean ball. His tackle numbers are way up. His pressure ratings way up, and I think he's just going to have to keep a really close eye on Crips at a stoppage.
1: Yeah, I think the last two or three weeks he's been just sort of smashing it in terms of the um, tackle numbers. Yeah, I think he's um... third
0: in the comp. I think yeah, I think he's doing really well in that area. He, I
1: think that's a, that's a pretty good sort of description of the role he plays as far as he is a little bit of just a minder um, as far as just looking for the spot fire to go over and just like, all right, everything's all right. Yeah, um, yeah so, I mean, that's probably the, the logical role for him. Um, I don't know whether it's going to be, yeah, like a strict sort of tag. Um, yeah, I mean, that makes sense
0: to me. <laughs> hopefully he does a good job because yeah you you don't want Cripps to get off the chain but Mm. it's going to be an interesting game I think Carlton might have a few more ins coming back as well I think Daisy Thomas might be coming back I I personally don't think that helps them at all because of his lack of pace now he's a bit older I think our small forwards will run rings around him so I'm all for Daisy coming back in
1: yeah, definitely. I guess you can never discount um, footy now, though, as far as, like, True. an older player. Um, I mean, you know, Jordan Lewis showed us as much. Um, yeah, so I guess that's probably something to be wary of, but I don't know. There's a bit of the uh, the Richmond in me that's just like, it's uh, it's only Daisy Thomas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I'm just sitting here thinking, this episode could really bite us in the ass next week if this goes pear-shaped. <laughs> Oh, Three dear. boats. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it's all a little bit of fun. Yeah. All right, before it. we let you go, we'll get a final tip, including margin for this one. Who are you going with? Um, tigers. And what kind of margin are you looking at?
1: Oh God. Um, geez, I, I really want to put it up there, but I'm just going to be a bit logical and say maybe 21 points.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. I'll um, i'll We've done really well at hitting like that high 20 to 30 point mark. So I'll say about 31 points. I think you nailed it earlier that it's going to be close early on, but just with our grinding mentality, I think we might pull away later in the game. So, yeah. but like we've said, the last few weeks, we just need the four points to keep onto that fourth spot. And that's, that'll do us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yep. I'm happy with that. Um, I don't know. Are we really going to be doing the strategic placement thing from here on out? Like, what did you think, think so. of that whole thing? As far as like, we play rich uh, Brisbane, um, and it's sort of a decision as far as where we want to play away first week of finals.
0: I think we're at the stage now where you just keep winning. Winning, winning forms good form, and I think as a club we back ourselves to beat anyone anywhere. We're not like the uh, mob down at Geelong, who only back themselves to win at their own ground. Um, <laughs> I mean, personally, we would obviously would rather play. Geelong at the G naturally and if I had to pick who I'd rather play out of Brisbane and West Coast I'd rather play Brisbane and Brisbane to be honest but yeah, if, yeah. if it worked out we had to play West Coast first week then so be it but I, I don't think we should flirt with form for the sake of that I think we should just believe that we're good enough to win against anyone anywhere and yeah ha- because you have to you have to beat teams all over the place to, to win the big prize at the end of the day and it would yeah. just make it so much sweeter wouldn't it
1: yeah that's right yeah inspirational that was nice um yeah, I'd definitely take Brisbane out of those three in terms of Geelong and West Coast. Um, but, I mean, just for the banter alone, it'd be great to play against Geelong oh, at Oh, it again. Up,
0: My God. <laughs>
1: that is still the best game of football I've ever seen, the um, qualifying final. Unreal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it'd be nice for the prelim, though, I think.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> whatever, man. I just, I just want to relive that moment of Dusty putting the don't argue on Tom Stewart and bang like the game was done by then as soon
0: as that happened <laughs> yeah they were shot No, it's, it was a good game and hopefully we can get back to to that kind of level <laughs> in the finals and I'm looking forward to another final series I think you know everyone wrote us off early on before the bye uh, especially without rants and all the injuries we had but I think internally and there was still a small part of the supportive base that always thought that you know we were still a chance to make the eight um, but to yeah. be potentially in the four is an extreme effort And there, there'll be teams looking over their shoulders, no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think it's a credit to any Richmond supporter who probably kept the faith, because I know I wavered a couple of times in the middle of the season there when um, the Giants and um, Collingwood and Geelong were putting some really big numbers on us as far as margins. Um, But yeah, um, dare I say it, I'm probably a little bit more confident than I was last year, which is odd.
0: Well, it's not. It's, I don't think it's odd at all because if you look at last year, at this time last year, we were playing really shit football, but managing to scrape wins together because of who we were playing. Whereas yep. this year, we we're actually playing good football and coming into form, as opposed to the opposite. So, yeah, no, yep. I, I get where you're coming from. It's it's a much better position to be in this time than uh, than last year. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, oh, I'm in. I'm in, man. Hundred percent. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Flag or bust.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Braj. Well, thank you so much for coming on tonight, mate. Really appreciate your time. And hopefully the Tigers get up this weekend and we don't look like dickheads next week. (laughs) Well, I
1: mean, it's always that fear, isn't (laughs) Um, there? Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. Until next
0: time, go Tigers. Yeah, go Tigers. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Tiger Tigercast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!